How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good, good. Hey, I want to thank you all so much for your prayers last week. I know I was supposed to preach last week, and I got sick. Big time. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the pastors of this church. I think it was like Thursday. I just sent out a, a warning shot text of like, hey, this might not, I might not be the one this week. Um, and people were being picked off left and right in my family. My mom got sick, then my dad, then my brother, then my sister-in-law, then my sister-in-law. And the writing's on the wall. You know, I'm gonna, it's going to happen. And I, uh, Minister Morgan, graciously uh, was like, Mike, just let me know. And I think at like 3 o'clock on Saturday, I was like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so I heard, um, I'm just so thankful for him. And he's just been such an encouragement to me. I always, Mike, just stick to the word. I'm always like, I'm freaking out. He's like... You got this. The Lord knows what he's doing, and he does. Um, so I'm thankful for him. And so uh, today's sermon is going to be a little bit like it was not the new year yet, but <laughs> the new year has happened. So it's one of those things. So I want to ask you a question. How are you doing on your resolutions? You know, do they... <laughs> Have you been faithful? Have you already thrown them out the window? Are they like, uh, I, we make all kinds of declarations. Um, I, um, with Young Life, we're trying to form a partnership with the YMCA, and we've been talking. They're like, hey, hold up during the new year, because we get so busy with everyone wanting to become members that we don't have time to talk about anything else. And then, but by mid-January, we will have a lot of time and a lot of space. Hmm. We tend to break the resolutions that we make all the time. And so I want to challenge us today to, 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 to a resolution that remains. Okay? So the name of the sermon today is A Resolution That Remains. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture, and then we will dive in um, going from there. It's found in John 15, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> I'm reading from the... Uh... <clears throat> All right, ready? Here we go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch, and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit, 
and prove to be my disciples. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day and this opportunity. I pray that you will speak uh, clearly uh, through me, but really through your word. I pray that we will be, uh, that I'll be faithful to your word today and that you will speak again. Uh, give us clarity, and I pray that we will make the resolution to remain, uh, one that remains, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was preparing, remind you, it's before Christmas, and I'm thinking about this. Isn't it ironic that we have Jesus' birth that we're celebrating, and it is the culmination of so many promises and prophecies, the most that no one could ever f fulfill, and it is then followed by us making a bunch of declarations and promises that we will never fulfill. Have you thought about that? I was just sitting there thinking, man, Jesus, the culmination of everything. Uh, there was a mathematician who did, he took eight of the prophecies, of the promises of Jesus' birth, and he figured it out for a person to fulfill those as one and tenth to the 17th power. Wow. That's pretty intense. So I think for those, that, those that's one with 17 zeros. All right. And I think that's right. And um, uh, he also said you could take that amount of silver dollars and put them on the state of Texas, and it would go up two feet full of silver dollars. You put one mark on one, wipe, go all around with them, and the chances of you picking that silver do dollar out that had the mark on it would be what it would be for Jesus to fulfill those just eight promises and prophecies. You know, So we have Jesus who we're celebrating, and then we go on and have the nerve a couple days later to say we're going to do something that we know we are not going to do. You know? And so often that's the case. And I think I was thinking about this. Uh, the reason it's the case is because we make declarations that say, I am fill in the blank. I am going to, I'm not going to sit down in Sunday afternoons and watch football after all the whole afternoon. Honey, I'm going to spend time with you. <laughs> so we did that yesterday, all day. And we're going to do it all day today. Already, already broken. We're going to be, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to love everybody. And then instantly, not patient, not loving everybody. I'm going to, I, I know, I, I'm going to do this. I'll be like, Kristen, I'm going to, I'm not going to be as messy as I normally am this time, and she's been gone for five days, and I'm thinking this morning I'm scrambling to clean up, like she's going to come in the house, and Mike is just as messy, if not more, than he was in 2018. And I think I said I was going to clean the car out. The car is more full than it was. Man, I made some declarations, and I don't keep them, you know. And I think it, again, is because we start with the word I. And I've said it before, God calls us to leave I and to follow him instead. We can't, we can't do it. I declarations say, I am going to do, I'm going to rely on myself to do something. 
And, and we make these declarations because we don't want to remain the same, right? We want to be different. We know something is a little off. But I want to challenge you to say maybe um, the thing that leads to us not remaining the same is to actually remain, but just to change what we're remaining in. You know what I'm saying? Like, the challenge is, hey, we should not remain the same. But we need, to, we need to remain in Christ versus remaining in ourselves. You know, I'm going to live my best life this year. Well, it starts by remaining in him, not in you. Please don't tell, Kristen tells me, don't tell me what you're going to do. She would rather me just do it, which I'm probably not going to do. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. You know, so we get to this scripture. I love it. This scripture has this declaration, this, this challenge to remain has kind of become something. And Kristen and I, I've had a couple of weeks to think about it. I actually had to lay down and think about it. Uh, I, uh, it's just become like a mantra for our, for our year. And it's like, we're going to remain. So I'm going to sum it up for you in four words right here and right now. And it's the point that I want you to take away. For the whole time, it's like these four words, remain, live, be fruitful. Remain, live, be fruitful. I read this scripture, and I, sometimes I get lost in it. It's like, remain in him, and him and me, him and you, and them and thee. And I'm like, I get all kind of, you know what I'm saying? You like, you get lost. I do. And I'm like, okay, let me just, how can I summarize it so that we know it? Remain, live, be fruitful. And so, in another thing, it starts out, I am the true vine. So the only one that can really de declare I am something is Jesus, right? And it can be done. He's proven that, and here it is again. And this is the, the, the last of the seven great I am statements of John. You know, he says, I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I am the sheep gate door. I something. I am uh, the great shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he comes here to I am the true vine. See, that tells me something was not the true vine that is trying to be a vine that isn't really. You know what I'm saying? And so in the Old Testament, God refers to Israel as the vine. Oftentimes, but what they were producing was bad fruit, rotten fruit, because it was they had something wrong with them to the core. We know that what, what that is now, but they they didn't get it, and sometimes we don't get it. But it was producing instead of patience, they weren't patient. Instead of justice, they were not. They were it was injustice happening all the time. Instead of faithfulness, they were unfaithful. You know, they could just say, hey, there's a, there's a little piece of stone. Let's worship it, right? Or, hey, this is this. Let's worship. We, they just are so unfaithful. And so as what happens oftentimes, Jesus got to come in and change it up. And so he is the true vine. And then it goes on to say, my father is the vineyard keeper. So he's, uh, he's watching over the vineyard. And then there's our role. We're the branch, okay? So it's important to know your role. 
You know, stay in your lane. I'm a branch. I'm not a vine. I'm not a vineyard keeper. I'm a branch. We're going to look at that a little bit as we move on. But he says, over and over again, we are to remain in him. In verse 4, remain in me. Verse 4 again, remain in me. Verse 5, remain in me. Verse 6, remain in me. Verse 7, remain in me. I came from a household where my mom and dad said, don't make me repeat myself. <laughs> right? Did y'all have that? And I was the child that said, what'd you say? <laughs> and then I would get some other things come my way. They had ways of saying, remain, you know, uh, but he's saying, remain in me over and over again. Don't remain in your comfortable place. Don't remain uh, in what you used to do. Don't remain just finding your identity in work. Don't remain uh, in your diet. Some of us think we can diet our way to long life. Well, Jesus says, I've got this under control. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying be unhealthy. I'm diabetic. I need to be healthy. My New Year's resolution that I've already broken is that I'm going to be healthy this year. And I'm saying, he is saying here, remain in me. And the definition of remaining is this, is to continue to possess a particular quality or fulfill a particular role. And our role, again, is the branch. And it should be a healthy branch. Our role is to be a branch. Now, this illustration here of the vine and the branches is um, one of four powerful illustrations that kind of symbolize this union and communion. Okay? You can have union, a union with something, but not have communion with it. Right? So there's the head and the body. So the head is kind of the body. We're all together, but my arm is going to die if it gets cut off, right? Or something happens. It needs to be in this, it needs to be getting commands from the head and doing what it needs to be doing, right? There's also the sheep and the shepherd, okay? So the shepherd invites the sheep in. They have a union, then the communion is what happens when they get to a place where the sheep just know the shepherd's voice. You know, they might not be able to identify, see him at all times, but they can hear him and know. And they know a voice of a stranger and don't come to it. Right? And then another powerful illustration is the marriage. Like, you can have union, the marriage union, but you might not be in communion together. You know, you might be, hey, we got married on this day, this time, this place, but we don't spend any time or space or place after that, right? That's where the communion comes in. If I say communion, oftentimes we just think the Lord's Supper, right? Yeah, communion, that's not communion. That is communion, but that's not, it means more than just that, you know? There's this union and communion. That's one of the anthems Kristen and I are trying to have this year is like, not only, hey, we're married, but we want to spend time together. We want to talk. We want to go places together. We want to know what each other's thinking. How was your day? Talking, 
She don't want to come in, and then I'm like posted up on the couch, you know, like my day is the worst, hardest day ever. And, and, and still, I should be listening and sharing all those things. And the same thing in this is like the vine and the branch. They have, there's a union. You're on the vine, but the communion is like, hey, I'm getting everything, life, everything from this vine. You know, not from something else. Not from something else. I'm getting all that I need to live the sustenance of life from this, <coughs> from this vine. And it's the way it is with our relationship with the Lord. We, we should be walking with him, talking with him, spending time with him, knowing what his word says, you know, worshiping, giving, serving, all those things are part of the sweet communion. Coming to church, being together is part of the sweet communion of the Lord, of this union that we have with him. Because there's a lot of folks, unfortunately, that we that people, it's hard to know if they're Christians because we don't see the communion. They say there's a union, but I don't see the communion. You know, and so often, more times than not, than I like to admit, I'm not having good communion with the Lord. And then I start searching for other places to find it, what I need, what I think I need. And that those things don't lead to the things the Lord wants at all. And so, this communion, it's a sweet place. And there's serious consequences to us if we don't remain. It talks about the branches that are cut off. It talks about the branches that then are gathered and thrown out. It's crazy to think about and scary to think about. It's not that he's not saying you're losing your salvation, but he's saying you will not be in the place that you need to be in that sweet embrace of the Lord when you're not where he wants you to be, when you're not choosing to remain, when you're choosing to do everything in your own strength. My strength is pretty short. You know, I get tired pretty quickly. I look at Amari and uh, Kristen was gone this week, and I was like, where is this energy coming from? She woke up this morning at 5.15. Hey, Daddy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and then, you know, and I'm like, what is happening? Sleep. Sleep. Sleep, go to sleep. Oh, so she has a way of getting up 15 minutes before my alarm is set every time. So that's kind of how it goes. But there's serious consequences. We're thrown aside. Eventually leads to death and separation from God. We don't want that. I do not want that. None of us want that. Like we have to remain. The consequences are too great. And, and even a bigger consequences too we then don't produce any fruit. No one wants to live a fruitless life. That's a scary thing to think about, living a fruitless life. I don't want that. You shouldn't either. Um, but then I have to ask, why don't we want to remain? I think remaining, you hear the word remain and you naturally want to rebel. Have you thought about that? If someone says remain still, 
it's like almost impossible. <laughs> Remain still. Don't, rem, I, when we, when we're, it happens to me when we pray. So, and sometimes I'll be like, all right, let's hold hands. So you got to remain still, right? You're holding hands. But my lower back will always start itching. <laughs> you, does that happen to you every time? And you're not going to go with the other person's <laughs> hand, right? It always happens. I can't remain still. If you tell me to remain still, if you tell me not move, I'm going to want to do the opposite. I'm going to sit. Oh, I'll be... You know, eyeball sweat and it didn't matter. Remain. We just naturally want to rebel. Someone says, remain silent. You will talk like you hadn't talked in years. You better remain silent. You just keep... Da, 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 da. That's why there's, there's a right to remain silent. They have to tell you because they know. <laughs> you probably going to talk. But you don't have to. It's a reverse psychology. <clears throat> but we also feel like remaining isn't doing work, and we want credit. I want the credit so often for, for killing it in whatever it is. Amari does that too. She goes, mine, I did that. She literally says, I did that. Okay. You know, I did that, and we really all live that same kind of way. I did that. I tied my shoe this morning. I did that. You know, I picked out what I was going to wear. I did that. You know, I, I, I made it to the top. I am the number one at this. I, I might have destroyed everybody in my weight, even my own home, but I did that. The things that we do lead to death and things that will fall away and not last. And that we, but we still want control. Yes. I think of it like this when it comes to this remaining. Uh, we have to be like the paraglider who the guy didn't, the, the guide didn't hook him in. Did y'all see that video? So there's a paraglider, this guy that was going to go paragliding, he had never gone in his life. Okay? They're at the top of the mountain. <laughs> Uh, the instructor straps himself in, gets him all tight, and then they take off. And then they realize he didn't strap the other guy in. And so for two minutes and 14 seconds, this guy has to death lock grip his <coughs> the guy's leg in the, th in the thing. Two minutes and 14 seconds. Like... There should be that type of urgency when it comes to us choosing to remain in Christ. Nothing's going to pry me away. It is a life and death matter. If I don't do this, it's over. It's over. The conclusion of that story is they, they show the video, and it's all on video. I got my, my heart's racing. I'm sweating for the guy. He's like, he's going to do it. And then they, the guy drops him off. He only breaks an arm. And he only, <laughs> only breaks his arm. Sometimes we have to be broken to learn lessons, though. You know? And he's bro he, only, he says, I want to do it again. I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. We need to have this death grip. Um, 
And then that leads us to what does it produce? When we remain in Christ, it produces life, sweet life. We want life more than we want death, hopefully. Like everything that I want to be doing, I want it to be living and growing and functioning and, and producing more life. You know, for Christmas, oftentimes we were with our families. I, I was pretty amazing that we were there and there was four generations of Newtons uh, sitting there. And to think that one life started and it just produced life that keeps going, you know? And we want the same things for us. It produces life. Jesus says in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've come so that you can have life to the full. And sometimes I get caught up in like, what does that mean, life to the full? You know? Or abundance. I think of it as like five guys fries. You know what I'm saying? That's abundance. Is it not? It's like an overflow. It's, and, and, and you get to enjoy them both. I'm like, so I ordered the little because there's so many, but it's living in the abundance. Another is like Michael Jordan's sixth ring. You got five fingers. You don't need a sixth right? That's abundance. Is it not? It's like an encore at a concert. You know, you've already listened to this, the concert for two hours, and then you want more, right? And they give you that, your favorite song. It's that one last dance, right? When you thought the, the, the party was over. <coughs> that is abundance. That is living in it. And Jesus promises that. But yet we trade it for emptiness so often. We choose not to remain so that we can do it ourselves. And it leads to, a, it leads to emptiness. And as we start in high school next tomorrow, I'm looking forward to going to Pike and seeing students. And unfortunately, there's going to be a school that's, while full with people, it's also full with emptiness. You know, as people don't know the Lord. They don't know who they are. They don't know what's going on, you know? And that is heartbreaking to me. It is heartbreaking to me. <clears throat> so the question is, you know, the remaining in the vine is the only way to produce life. Again, why wouldn't we choose it? And I think it's because it's difficult. It's a challenge. Um, oftentimes we, we base things on our feelings and we feel like it should go one way and it doesn't. Like there's pain in following Christ. There's pain on the vine, there's pruning. And as I was studying about pruning, it, to be a pruner, you have to go to school and learn for three years. You're out on the vine because you could ruin it all if you cut the wrong branch, you know? And I'm sure there was some pruner that got out there and started faking it. You know, was like, snip, <laughs> snip, snip, cut, chop, you know. And they're like, whoa, what we got going here? You know, but fortunately we have the Lord who is the vineyard keeper, who's the pruner, and he's the one that does these things. And it speaks to an intimacy. Like, he is in there. He is like face-to-face -face with the grapes and chooses. He cuts specific angles and, 
this little leaf here, that looks like good fruit, but it could be better fruit. You know, he does those things for us, but it isn't comfortable for us. See, we still, I joke with Kristen, I'm like, we all have a little prosperity in us, you know, gospel, especially when it comes to pain. You know, like, we, God must be mad at me if I'm going through something, or I deserve to be treated differently by him. You know, if we really got what we deserve from the Lord, I don't even need to say, I just raised my eyebrows, right? If you, if you really got what you deserved, right? But instead, he's going to give you this overflow, right? But we think, oh, this is painful, this is difficult, this is hard, but it's worth it. And, and, and I was, as I was studying, they cut, sometimes they cut whole bushels off of good fruit because it's, it's good, but it's taking away from what could be better, you know? And some of us in life have some good things, but it's taken away from what's best. You know, uh, for me, I just knew I was going to be a soccer player. I was like, and God was doing things, and I was having opportunities, but the Lord had to cut that out for the better fruit of doing what I do now. You know, at the time, it wasn't easy because I had done my whole life doing this, this soccer thing, you know, and he'd even given me some warning shots across the bow of like, hey, you might need to hang this up, uh, but I didn't, you know, and then finally he's like, hey, put up or shut up, Mike, and I had to quit, <coughs> excuse me, and so, hey, I want us to be, when Fifth Harmony song, This Is The Life, comes on, to be thinking what God is doing in our lives, it's a whole different picture than what they're portraying in that song on the radio, but still having that same, uh, 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 you know, and we're thinking what the Lord is actually doing in our lives because we are remaining in him and we have life. And then it leads to being fruitful. A branch that is living produces fruit. You see what I'm saying? A, lot, a branch that is living produces fruit. A branch that is dead does not. So we have to evaluate what is going on in our lives. And there's a, there's a, uh, it goes in a process here. It starts out with no fruit. Then it starts out with fruit. Then it starts out with more fruit than much fruit. And we should be in this progression. No fruit. Obviously, if we don't know Christ, we're not producing fruit. Right? Anything good happening is an accident. But not really. It's him, him doing it. Right? However, we give our lives to the Lord. It says, he says, you've been made clean on here. <coughs> now, there's some fruit, but there could be better fruit. There could be much fruit. And I want to be in a, live in a life in which much fruit is being produced. You know? And um, what does this fruit look like? It looks like a bunch of different things. It could be the uh, sharing the gospel and people responding is fruit. It could be the justice is fruit. But I want us to think about the, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where it says love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. 
Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And when I think about it, probably all our resolutions fall within those fruits of the Spirit. You know, I want to eat better. Okay, self-control. Um, I want to be more loving. All right, so love. I'm not going to let people get after me, you know, get, get me down this year. All right, joy. All can be found within these fruits of the Spirit. And they happen as we remain in Christ, as we live we bear fruit. It's natural. It happens every single time. And um, what's interesting about this fruit, it's always for other people. That's right. The tree doesn't need its own fruit. Does it? Well, no, you're bearing fruit for someone else. And for future generations, as those fruits normally have seeds in them, that then produce another tree, another vine, another whatever it may be. And that's the type of life I want to live. And I challenge you to do the same. It's proof that we are followers of Christ. At the very end, it says, My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. That producing a fruit is just like the visual demonstration to know that we're his disciples because we've been remaining. Remain, live, be fruitful. I challenge you to take this resolution seriously, this resolution to, that remains. Like Jesus wants us to remain in him. He's going to give us everything. And and these branches still face the storms, but I would rather be connected to the vine, connected to Jesus through a storm, than on my own. You know? So we've got to, I can't say work hard, but we just got to remain with that death grip, glider, paraglider style, arms wrapped around the Lord, and then he directs where that branch grows and directions that it goes, and the, 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 the fruit that it produces. And we can have that if we choose to remain. So with that, I'm going to pray, but I'm just challenging you to think about this. Remain, live, be fruitful. All your resolutions can be found and be successful, successful if we choose to do that because the Lord is going to grow us in such a way that we can fulfill them because it's him, not us. And he gets the credit. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, this, this space. Uh, Lord, I pray that we will remain in you. You say it six, seven times here. Remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. Don't make me repeat myself.